All right, guess what, guys? There's only one place where you can get a true Colorado Mountain Pie. It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. Right now, they're giving the DNVR fam a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. That's right, the only place you can find a true Colorado Mountain mouth-watering pie is Bojo's, and they're now hooking you up with a free honey cheese bread. The Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple for not only natives, but How for those. How come I never heard of the honey cheese bread when we were there just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't either. We did, didn't. Why did we not get the honey cheese bread? Now we have to go back. It might be. We're going back this yeah. week. Let's do it. All right. Mountain Pies. <laughs> There's also an obvious cross-branding opportunity there with big... Uh, the big honey cheese. The big, big honey, honey cheese, cheese bread. Oh, yeah, man. nice I'm and easy. <laughs> yeah, but you guys know, uh, Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple for natives, but also for those of you who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is, of course, the answer is Bojo's. Their dough, it's incredible. Made fresh daily, contains locally sourced honey. More honey. Uh, you heard that <laughs> right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it's to die for. I associate honey with Bojo's, like, or yeah, Bojo's with honey. You guys can't see this, and I wish you could. Harrison, not only does he read it with passion, his <laughs> facial expressions are incredibly passionate through this read. I really get into it. He's just so into the character here. Wow. Very good at I'm hungry. I'm starving. <laughs> Uh, something delicious for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family. A huge salad bar. It's for Adam. Thank you. With fresh veggies galore. <laughs> Cardo beer on tap, including Breck Brews, of course. Ain't and no shame your favorite game. sports teams playing in the background. Also, Bojo's has private party rooms for all your get togethers, including birthday parties and large business events. It's like 20 events. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five minutes. Also, $4 happy hours hey. in select locations oh. and gluten free and plant based options. Head to the nearest Bojo's, <laughs> grab an entree and your free honey cheese bread when you mention DNVR. Bojo's.com, B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com, and tell them who sent you. That read got more, more playing time than PJ usually does. Wow. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody, to the Winner's Lounge, or the Winner's Bowels. Damn it, I had that in my head. Winner's Bowels. Say, the Winner's Bowels. Yep. That, <laughs> that place. Center, that place. Uh, we are here at Pepsi Center uh, in what is actually the KSE Altitude TV room. We've taken it over mm-hmm. to record uh, the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's. Proud, proud sponsor and partner of DNVR. I'm joined, of course, by the entire DNVR Nuggets crew to my right, Brendan Vogt. What's up, guys? Very good, and to my left, <laughs> you know him as the man with the 20-minute ad read. It's Harrison Wynn. I've been known for worse. <laughs> that's, that's weird. Um, okay, guys, this was a, a great night at the can. We've talked all year. Was it a great night? Oh, oh I think yeah. so. Oh, Jamal Murray like, could be out for... No. Oh, okay. Hang on, x-rays were wow. negative, though. X-rays, x-rays were negative, negative so it's fine. okay. We can call okay, it a good Martin night. Martin said he's going to be fine. You're right. It's funny that I just like glossed over that. On brand of me. No, but what? Why this was a great night? We've talked all year about this season has been a little bit sh- shy on narratives. Like there's, there's a lot of things we've already talked about. What? What haven't we talked about? Well, Michael Porter Jr. We have, but he had himself another. I don't know if we'll call it another game, but he had himself a quarter. And then PJ Dozier. P.J. Dozier, the story of the night, mm-hmm. gets his first opportunity, and he goes off. So lots of stuff to get into on this one. Where do you guys want to start, P.J. or M.P.J.? I mean, I think the story of the night it, it involves P.J. to an extent because okay. if any team in the league was going to lose a 19-point score and their starting franchise point guard for 
And we don't know how long Jamal's going to be out, but he's definitely, I'd, I'd say, going to miss a game or two for sure. If any other team in the league was set to lose like their second leading scorer, they'd kind of be panicking, I feel like. But, you know, the sense we get, Monte's going to step into the starting lineup, and what P.J. Dozier goes out and does tonight in his first minutes of the season is that these guys feel like they're going to be fine. Yeah. And, and I think that's the story tonight, that they lose a, a huge piece in Murray, but there's incredible depth on this team. And Dozier showed tonight that he's going to be able to step up into that backup point guard spot. And I don't think Denver's bench is going to really miss a beat. How many guys in that locker room tonight, Malone included outside, said he's an NBA player of P.J. Dozier? Like, he, it's like the company line. But it's the it's company line, but it, it. Yeah. I think it's real. I think like they want him to know that he belongs here and that he couldn't get this opportunity before because this team is so talented and Jamal's so good does not reflect on how they view him. They view him as ready to go. What did? How did Jokic phrase it? Did he say I was looking at him in camp? In training camp. In training yeah. camp. Like it's just a funny phrasing. Yeah. Like I was looking at him. <laughs> like what? Is... <laughs> I think he was trying to tell us he was watching. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was watching him. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. But it was a great, great delivery. Uh, guys, I don't mean this. Everybody knows that I'm a little lower on Jamal for certain things. I shouldn't say I'm lower on him. He frustrates me more because he doesn't reach all of his peak. So when I say this, I'm not trying to be malicious. I want him to get back. The best Jamal is the best point guard option on the team. The, the best version of him is better than the best version of whoever else. But I would be lying if I told you I was at least intrigued by what this Nuggets team is going to look like over the next couple of games. They have some – here's – I'm going to read you the schedule. Of course, they're in Golden State tomorrow. they got to travel. Then they play the 8.30 game. We're going to be doing live post-game from yeah. the DNVR Lounge, hopefully the Winner's Lounge. But if Loser's Lounge, we'll welcome you in nonetheless. Um, and then they have at Indiana on Sunday and then a back-to-back with Minnesota at Houston at New Orleans. So they've got four out of the next five are on the road. And teams that are all one very good team, two pretty good teams, it's not an easy stretch to be like, all right, PJ, go, go and save the day. But you know what? I'm intrigued to see what Monte looks like now. I'm intrigued to see what – uh, P.J. Dozier looks like. I'm intrigued just to see what the rotations look like now as maybe MPJ has to play 25, 30 minutes. It's kind of a similar feeling to when MPJ first got or first was getting like 10 to 15 minutes a game. You know, a jump up from like him playing garbage time minutes. Yeah, you're yeah. Just ne- you're not quite sure what to expect. It's just super intriguing. We feel like we kind of have that same feeling now. Yeah, for sure. With- for sure. With just Monte being elevated and oh, yeah. just how that dynamic can change. Because Jamal Murray and Monte Morris are like total opposites when yeah. it comes to how guys play the point guard position. And so what happens to the offense now, right? Do they lean heavier on Yoke? Does the ball have to pop more, right, with less less scorers out there? Does MPJ step into an elevated scoring role? A lot of interesting questions stem from this. And a lot of minutes for Monte. I mean, it's, he's only playing 18 minutes this year. That's a reduction from 24. That's a six-minute drop for him is pretty big. And, you know, he's been solid this year. He's shooting. What would you guess he's shooting from the three-point line? He's like 36, 40. 47. 41% from the yeah, three-point no line. Yeah, no is that kidding. a great year shooting the ball? Uh, guess what he shot? So he's shooting 41.4%. Last year, 41.3%. Mm-hmm. He might just be – well, first of all, his shot selection is elite. But this is weird to say with Jamal going out, but – Maybe there is more reliance on Jokic and, at the same time, more spacing out there for him as well. I'm intrigued at least by the thought of that. And that's, you know, again, no knock on Jamal as, like, what his potential is. But I am kind of curious to see if this team gets back to a rhythm and gets back to get the ball popping. I think it's going to be kind of what you were just saying. I mean, the like, as Jamal has ascended to the player he is, he's taken on a higher usage role. More of the offense has evolved, revolved around him 
you know, than it obviously did last year and the year before. But I definitely feel like with Morris stepping into that starting lineup, it, it's gonna the offense is gonna look more like it did, you know, before Jamal ascended to this player that sure he is right that? now. Do you think so, Brendan? I mean, are we sure of that? Sure of it? No, but I do think there's something about the way where if you don't. If you really only have one go-to scorer out there, you have two choices. And I think your choices are to lean heavily on that guy or to try to do that sort of Spursian, you know, greater than the sum of your parts thing. And, and given Monte's archetype and the way he plays, I do think that's likely that they kind of try to get back to that style of basketball. Do you think, since we're on the topic of Murray, he was banged up and I think we all thought he was going to play tonight but thought he should not he rolls his ankle on something that could have happened even if he was fully healthy, but it at least does raise that question of like when your body's tired, you just you're not quite as strong. Your balance is a little bit off. Do you think it was wrong to play him tonight? I mean, it's really easy to say wrong now because he got oh, sure. hurt and, and sure. But I think of there was a movement. I think you know prior to the game that this was a good time to sit him. We know mm. he's been hurting. That back thing is still lingering from Ben Simmons. And so, yeah, with, with the schedule looking the way it was, tonight really seemed like the best time to give him. Well, let me place it this way. He's been banged up. He had a great start. He kind of slow trailed off, and it looked like he was banged up. Could this ankle sort of be a blessing in disguise And that now he's going to – he could be. We don't know what the time frame is. He might be forced to miss two weeks, three weeks. Blessing in disguise might be going a little far, I think, just because – his history with ankle injuries is bad, mm. and I worry that if this is a really significant one, it's going to potentially impact him for, you know, he, he might come back in two weeks, but it could be something that lingers for two months. It's just always 95%. So I wouldn't go as far as, say, blessing in disguise, but some time off is definitely probably what he needed. I think it becomes then the question then just gets pushed down the line to, like, how cautious are they with bringing him back, right? And mm. so... Because I, I think Harrison's right. If they bring him back in it and it's still tweaked, right, it could linger for a while. But maybe you take this as an opportunity to do what you're kind of doing with Paul Millsap right now, which is okay. He could go, but does he have to? Probably not. And it's also interesting because Murray hasn't missed games. So now we talked about how Gary missing games sort of changed the emphasis on Gary. Mm. Now we're here in a place with Jamal Murray. If he does miss, you know, let's say two, three weeks – there is a chance that Denver establishes a different rhythm, and it's like, okay, now you fit into that. That might be a good thing. Jamal Murray is a great Jokic ball player when, when he wants to. When, and I don't want to put it all on him. When the ball is popping, he also is fitting into that equation really nicely. I think there's something about this team that the offense just comes easier. Maybe it makes a little sense when they're, more sense when they're a little undermanned. Mm. There's not as many mouths to feed. Yeah. Uh, I, I've talked about this a lot, but like last year when they were without three starters, like they just had a lot of direction on offense. What they were trying to do was clear, it was very straightforward. It was the Murray Jokic pick and roll. And um, I, I wonder, you know, if Murray misses a couple games, I don't know about Gary Harris, uh, Paul Millsap obviously still out. If there's just a little more clarity on offense, I'm kind of searching for the right word to describe it. No, but, yeah. Um, no, no, it's I a pecking order. Sense. An yeah. established pecking order. Yeah, I mean, pecking order. Well, so look at it. Gary Harris is out. Who knows if he plays tomorrow? Maybe they let him out. I mean, Golden State's not great. It's a back-to-back. I think there's a lot of reason to say whatever happens in that game happens and let's just get healthy because then you don't play till Sunday. Right. You give guys that, that right. extra bit of rest. Gary's almost certainly back by then. So no Gary, no, no Paul, no Jamal. You're missing 
your three of your five biggest scores is basically Jokic, Barton, and then after that, Jeremy Grant is the next leading scorer. Mm-hmm. So there is a real reliance on teamwork and working together and executing something. The flip side of that, we know Michael Porter Jr. struggles with the playbook. P.J. Dozier, I mentioned this on the show yesterday. Those, oh, you guys, at practice, the doors were closed. They brought players out, and it was really weird and hmm. wondering why. Now we know why. They were running P.J. Dozier through the playbook, trying yeah. to help him figure out what was what. Um, so anyway, I say that to say that it, it's nice to get the ball popping, but P.J. Dozier doesn't know anything about what the Nuggets right. are doing. At some point, that could come back to bite him. Maybe, or, sorry, go ahead. You no, you, you do it. Or the flip it. side is they call less plays, and they play looser, and the ball gets popping. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. We're working on that. No, that's, that's actually really great. Yeah. Uh, should we hit first break? If you feel like Let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. We're uh, talking about the Colorado core from Breck Brewing mm. today. Is PJ Dozier I was just going to say, going to add another <laughs> face to the camera. Who, who was it? Did Will, was it? You got the Will Barton quote, right? He said that PJ Dozier is part of the future. Yeah. Wow. He he is all in on PJ Dozier. Put him on the can, Breck. It's funny because I kind of compare PJ Dozier to Barton a little bit. He's more of a point guard than Barton is, but... uh. They have, I think they have some similarities there. Yeah. PJ Dozier, so long. We haven't talked enough about it. Wait, Adam, we'll, Adam, we'll, Adam we'll we're still in the read. We'll, we'll spend a lot of time on <laughs> PJ Dozier in a second. <laughs> Too excited. Before we do, yeah, guys, check out we'll the Colorado Core from Breck Brewing. I was just sipping on one in the office the other day. Probably my favorite from Breck. So it is your favorite. It definitely is my favorite. Big announcement coming with uh, Breck Brew later in the in the month. Ooh. Oh really? Ooh. Oh yeah, that's right. Enticing. <laughs> I should probably know about that. But I call it the uh, champagne of Breck beers. Check it out <laughs> at your local liquor store, at your favorite bar, the Colorado Core from Breck Brewing. Also, there's a new alternative for addressing your tax needs. Symbio Tax Administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys George. know. Oh, yeah, George, our guy. We're getting, we're starting to get reviews for Symbio. That's what I think is so cool. We're starting to get those to, to trickle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're legit. George is legit. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own. And George, our guy at Symbio Tax, is a proud DNVR subscriber and a diehard ass fan. If you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you just need to get your tax return filed, go to a qualified professional to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Nobody wants to be there. Call Symbio Tax today for a free consultation, 720-366-4470, or visit them at symbotax.com. So I want to mention this about P.J. Dozier again. He, His body type, I think, alone gives you this sort of baseline of, I think at worst he's a good player because he's just so long. The shot with him was always the big question, and he knocked one down tonight two? Uh, fr- from range. He had two threes tonight? I think so, right? Oh, yeah, he was two four. What do you know? Um, I only remember one of the, the threes. But, um, you know, just his body type is seeing him even in the locker room. He's as tall as Will Barton. Very, very, like he's not skinny. He's skinny, built, framed, but he's like got His some muscle on him. Shoulders are broad, though. Shoulders yeah. are super broad. And then tonight, when he was playing defense, he was a shadow. Like there was a couple moves. I don't know. I don't remember who it was. Which if it was Rozier or Graham, but made a move on him that I was like, "Whoa, that was quick." And Dozier just was like right there with him. Yeah, he might be a really, really high level defender, or have the upside to be a high level defender. Yeah, I mean, his length. The Nuggets tweeted out this picture of him when they called him up. Oh, yeah. The Space Jam yeah. photo. And he's, like, going up for this dunk oh. when he was in the G League. And his arm, it looks like it's, like, a, a altered image or something. It looks Photoshopped because his arm is just so long. 
But, I mean, he is a legit 6'5 with a 6'10 wingspan. Uh, the guy is huge, and you just see it even after just watching him tonight. When uh, And this also kind of applies to MPJ too, but when you're just so much taller than your defender or the guy you're defending, yeah. you just have such an inherent advantage. Remember, I mean, I was just, I tweeted tonight, like, remember when the Nuggets didn't have any length? Yeah. There were a couple of PJ lineups out there tonight where it was five long boys. Yeah. Long and, it, boys. Like, and I don't know, just, it's a different dimension boys. that this team didn't have, you know? Yeah. And also for post-entries, I mean, one of the mm. things that Jamal struggles with, obviously, post-entry, but having height really helps in that regard because mm. you can just throw it over, you can throw it around or whatever. You and can he had, see over. You can see yeah. over. He had a couple tonight that was, you know, he doesn't know the playbook yet, so it was easy for it to be like, okay, give it to Yo because mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about what comes next. Uh, no, I'm, I'm very intrigued. And then lastly, when we can move on, I was impressed with him in the locker room, and I know this is a little thing, but I had heard from coaches, just people in the front office, whatever, that he was an A-plus kid. And like, okay, well, they say that about it. No, 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 no. Even compared to the other guys, he is just an incredible teammate, incredible person, like, the guys just absolutely love him. And the guys in Windy City Bulls loved him, too. And I, I saw it tonight talking to him. You're kind of like, yeah, this guy does seem confident but not cocky. Um, you know, he, just, he was ready for that media scrum. He was ready for it. He was it. ready. Yeah, he was. Actually, the way I would put it is he wasn't at all bothered by it. You know, like he was, yeah, like you said, he was ready. Dozier, Dozier doesn't seem like a guy who's on a two-way contract this year. No. And, you know, is going to be with some other team next season going back and forth from the G League to the NBA. He, he seems like a guy who's going to be a part of this organization for a while. I mean, that's really the read I get. And, I mean, that honestly was a little bit of the read I got before tonight. Obviously, tonight uh, kind of put that point forward more. Um, but I feel like everybody has a belief in him. Yeah. And everybody thinks he's a legit rotation guy. So, I think he's going to be a part of this team for a while. And um, he, he seems like he has a great feel for the game on the court. That was the first thing I kind of noticed tonight, just in the pick and roll. Yeah, he doesn't really know the plays, but he, he has a feel <laughs> out there that just kind of helps him out when he's improvising like he was tonight. I love the way he uh, his first three possessions, he looked around, and he's like, all right, I'm going to get the ball to Jokic. Yeah. That was just <laughs> his only game plan. Yeah, And then that, his first plan. bucket. One of my favorite game plans. His first bucket came off of that. Kind of classic Jamal Jokic two-man, right? Dump it to Jokic. Oh, yeah. Cut, cut right nice. away. So he, that showed, I think, a baseline understanding of like who he was playing with out there. It was encouraging. Very encouraging. Um, let's move from PJ now to MPJ. And let me tell you. The, I, just, there's, I can't figure it out, but there's a joke that with the MPJ thing. I'll well, get it. Well, I already have the t- I think. Well, never mind. We'll move on. Okay. So, um, the, the second quarter of this game. <clears throat> This is now, by my count, the fourth time Michael Porter Jr. has scored in bunches. And when I mean bunches, I don't mean like he had a 7-0 run or whatever. Like he, In that, that second quarter, he went off to where it felt like everything he was going to put up was going to go in. And so what I keep thinking to myself is, he was 11 of 12, and we go, he, man, he was, he's great, but he's not always going to be 11 of 12. You know, He had a hot night. Mm. Tonight he was 7 of 8. Another night he was 7 of 9, and he has another game where he was 8 of 10. He finished 7 of 14, so he missed some shots. Like he, he, Or actually 7 of 13. Right, but that 8-minute stretch. But that stretch where he's making that, to me, here's what I think. With MPJ, he, this talent for scoring, he, just, he can score the easy ones. The tough ones, 
It seems like when his confidence is high, he hits him. Did you have a doubt he was going to hit that crazy three when he no. pulled up? No. It was, an, it was a crazy, absolute ridiculous shot to take. Some guy, and I knew it was in. Some guys get hot. Some guys lose their minds. Like their eyes roll into the back of their head. They enter he's another one. plane. He's one of those, man. And don't you just wonder, not that he doesn't have a lot of confidence. I think he's very confident. But don't you think he'll have more confidence just the more he plays? I mean, already you're seeing it just relax a little. He's going to play. That Cleveland game aside, Malone has played him first half, second half, really for like the last 15 games or so. So, I don't know. I just I, – I, I watch him sometimes and I think maybe he is just a hyper-efficient offensive talent. And these four games now that we have had where he has been hyper-efficient for 10-minute stretches, that maybe that's actually who he is. Like he, he gets to that level more than we think. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is. You know what I mean? There's a lot of hurdles like – is his baseline going to be ultra-efficient? Like, he's got a long way to go, but it's pretty clear that that, like, at his core, inside, that's who he is. We can expect 7-0 scoring runs from him. You know, going forward, just don't be surprised if he gets hot and hits back-to-back tough shots, gets to the rim, like, just yeah. has those moments. That's yeah, who yeah. And it seems like the Nuggets are cool with him taking over for those stretches. Like, they encourage it almost. Well, when Especially when he's with the second unit, too, because yeah. it's like... Well, well, and that's the other thing. So tonight he was 7 of 8 in that stretch. He took 8 shots in, like, 8 minutes. But he doesn't do that when he's missing. He's not, he hasn't had yep. a night where he's been 1 of 8, right? right? And it's like, dude, okay, maybe pump the brakes. When he's making them, he keeps going. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he had a, a lot of the buckets he got were, I don't want to say easy, but they were cuts or drives or, you know, like, it wasn't all tough jumpers. I feel like... Over the first half of this season, we're at the 40-game mark, so maybe over the first like, 15, 20 games, he was pretty much a three-point shooter. But lately, I feel like we've really been seeing his like attack the basket oh, yeah. game on full display. And he just seems really confident now trying to take his man off the bounce. And I think what it is is just his offensive game continuing to expand here with the more minutes and the more trust he's getting from the coaching staff. Um, we've seen the jumper. I think the jumper is legit. I, I mean, he, he's a legit three-point shooter, I think. Yeah. And um, But we're seeing more and more of his offensive game here. Their transition stuff yeah. is incredible. Incredible. Um, like, there's not a more exciting play in the Nuggets playbook right now than uh, MPJ coast-to-coast layup. I'm start, I'm at the point now where I just believe, like, when he's going coast-to-coast, I'm, I'm not like, oh, God, this is a wild yeah. whatever. I'm like, oh, no, this oh, is a great sh- play. Please for shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. His, his touch around the rim looks great. I think both tonight and that Indiana game, he got it going, going to the rim first. And then he got hot, and then those jumpers. He, then he started taking those wild jumpers. Yeah. So I do think he's like an inside-out, get himself going in that way. Yeah, I mean, he he has everything that you look for in a modern day scorer. He's gonna everything be you look for elite around the rim one day. Elite. I think he's just gonna be elite. I mean, I re- I really do think you know people really rag on. I first of all tonight I'll have to rewatch the tape. I didn't notice too many glaring defensive things. I mean, there's some games where it feels like every single possession, there's one thing you could look at with him. I didn't notice it as much tonight, in part because they were on such a run. The thing with the defense, it's like all rookies suck on defense, unless you're like Jerry I Jackson. I know. And I know, his, I know he's like kind of starting from a lower level than, than even most rookies, but it's just like this should be expected. And until he's had time to improve or not improve, I'm not super like concerned with it. I don't know. How much is he going to play tomorrow night? I know we don't know that, but just, you know, if you are down, Harris, Murray, MPJ, or Millsap. He played 25 minutes tonight, but he plays 25, 26 minutes tomorrow. Yeah, and just Tory play tomorrow. 
Mm, that's a good question. Because this was clearly a Tory matchup. If oh, he doesn't, then it's even more minutes for MPJ, right? Yeah. Is yeah. this the Nuggets? Oh, I guess I guess they're missing so many guys. It's it's tough to yeah, kind of nail down really. if this is a rotation that Denver could stick with. Well, and this is a question I'd love to ask Malone. Maybe when they they're going to have practice probably on Saturday, it'd be a great chance. But just you know, getting him out there with Jokic. I think Malone really likes what MPJ has done to that second unit. I mean, that second unit was dead in the water. Yeah. The Monte Plumley, all of a sudden, you 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 take Grant out of that second unit, you give a little bit more spacing. All of a sudden, Monte and Plumley are killing it. I wonder if there's just, I, I want I wonder if Malone wants to stick him with that second unit primarily and not mix up the rotation too much. I think he likes him on the second yeah. unit just because. He changes the entire dynamic of that group. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we want to see him with Jokic. Yeah, we want to see him with the starters. But right now in the interim, he kind of elevates that second unit to a level that they really had no chance of getting to earlier this year. Exactly. So I predicted in my half-court heave last week on the DNBA live show, I predicted he would average 15 points per game over the next four games. We're three games in. He's at 12.3. Yeah, tonight killed mine. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, no. I was right. looking great. Mine was <laughs> killed on the first night. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He's a chance. So how many, somebody help me out with math here. So he needs to get 15, then he needs to get nine more. So he has to have 24 points tomorrow. Doable. That is very doable. Doable. I mean, I mean it's the, the, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Doable. Anyway, it's, it's interesting. He was great tonight. Let's talk about a player that wasn't so great tonight. Uh-oh. Jeremy Grant, and it's not, uh, he was fine. 14 points, five rebounds, two assists. He did five, something. Five's five a lot. Ten. What's that? Five's five rebounds, a lot. I know. Yeah. Well, um, but there is, I do worry a little bit about this. That second unit's looking great. All of a sudden, the first unit's not looking so hot. Jokic, even tonight, a plus three, only 12 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Kind of a you know quiet night for him on, on his part. Well, I mean, there, there, there's a bunch of guys on, on the first unit who have been kind of trending down. Like yeah. Murray's in a slump. Murray, two of seven. Will Barton down. is Barton's in a big slumping. slump right now. Yeah. Wild Barton, weird night for him. Four for 11. He has not been shooting the ball well. Some of his decisions, I wouldn't even call them decisions. Usually you want Barton attacking in transition, but he, like, couldn't even get to the rim on some of those attacks. Yeah. Settling. Four for 11. He was a team high plus 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, helps when you're on the court with MPJ when he's unconscious. Yeah. And Barton's been playing a lot with the bench unit too, and the bench unit was really good tonight. That also helps out plus minus. But is there something with Jeremy Grant? I mean, is it maybe it's just a tough break for him? But it seems like he switches, and now all of a sudden they're they're down. Yeah, um, maybe I don't the, know. I don't think I have Tor- an answer for it you. This way, maybe it's the Tory Craig Grant combo too. Like again, you think of, I know we're, I know I get into this a whole lot, but. Malone seems to insist on playing Tory Craig I mean, alongside Jokic at every minute. Just to, I think just to spite me. I, I would just push back a little by saying there was a case to be made that through the first month and a half of the season, like Paul Millsap was maybe the second best player on the team. And so when he's not with them, they're going to look worse. And it's, I don't know if it's Grant's killing them so much as the absence of a very important player matters. But that's, I don't know, maybe that's just an optimistic defense. <laughs> I think it's optimistic. That's, no, that's my personal take. Um, you're right about Torrey Craig, though, and he was fine tonight. Four points, two rebounds. He, Devontae Graham, the, the important stat when you look at a player like Torrey Craig is Devontae Graham was a team-worst, game-worst, minus 28. Yeah, he was not yeah. a factor tonight. That was not a factor. I mean, he, hit, he heated up. He hit, I think, all three of those threes in a row, it felt like. So he heated up. But other than that, he was held in check. But nonetheless, it just does seem like that first unit is always stuck in the mud. What do you predict the uh, – we, we touched on this briefly, but what do you predict the starting lineup will be like tomorrow night, Harrison? I predict that um, it's going to be Monte, Will, 
McCullough, Tory, and um, so you do think Tory and Jeremy, of course, it's gonna be Jeremy. Yeah, I meant to say Jeremy instead of Tory. Um, does Tory Craig start? Yeah, I bet he starts and he guards D'Angelo Russell. I think it's MPJ. You think it's MPJ tomorrow night? Yeah. Well, well, that'll be interesting. I hope so. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I think it'll be Tory, and I think I think we'll put him on Russell. Yeah, he could see it, but I hope it's MBJ. It'll be an interesting one. Uh, just seems so weird, man. What other takeaways do we have from this game? Wancho, mm, oh, on um, the court, a plus eleven, zero points. Very classic Wancho. Almost dunked on his brother. Mason Plumley was really good today. Mason Plumley had a good night, but I think that kind of you kind of hit on the takeaway there already, Adam, which is he he's looked better without Grant in the second unit. Yeah. The, oh, they're back to the pick and roll. There's lots right. of space. The ball gets popping for that group. I think. Yeah. The I, key to the bench unit, and this has been the key over the last two years, it's the Monte and Mason two man game, and that's been great over the last like month. Yeah. It's been elite. It's been what it was last year. Barton and now, Mason now of too. course with Monte in the starting lineup, you're not going to have that as much. Sure. sure. <laughs> but. I think Barton and Mason have a little chemistry as well. Yeah. I like when when Barton is a ball handler at that unit. Got to give a shout-out to Vlatko, who got some minutes in here. He was a team worst minus six in only two minutes. But he beasted a guy inside, just completely weight-roomed him. So if the Murray x-rays are negative, and we had a P.J. Dozier breakout game, MPJ goes off, and Vlatko scores garbage time points, is that it? Is that the feel-good win over a sub-500 <laughs> team we've been waiting for? It, I, hey, tonight was interesting, man. And sometimes that's all you want to ask for is, is, is an interesting night. So the, the tonight delivered, absolutely delivered. Uh, let's hit a quick break. The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off of your entire purchase. So we got a couple questions here, and I want to remind you, encourage you to submit questions on, if you're a subscriber, a member, we'll read your questions every single time on this here show, um, just as a little incentive for you to participate. And we got one from Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo, a new, newly named Joe Schmo. Don't know who it was before, but uh, he, he has a, a thing in here that he just changed to Joe Schmo. Question, is there any reality where Monte could actually fit better in the starting rotation at the point guard instead of Jamal, playing Jamal more at the two. There have been minutes where they played together this season, uh, but to maybe up those minutes. So the first part of that is something I think we're going to get to find out here in a little bit. Monte at the helm, what does that look like? But I really like the second part of that question. This is a bit of a tired narrative, but it's also kind of true. It's a narrative because there's at least a little truth to it. Jamal's kind of a two. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a two. He can run the pick and roll. He can do some things. That he can do some onesie things. But it might. There, I, I do wonder if last year the Jamal Murray combo was a great one. Yeah. Maybe Denver could use that without an injury. Yeah, I think it's definitely something they should explore. Him and Monte have really good chemistry together. Uh, I mean, Monte really more so than a lot of guys on this team just knows his freaking role. Oh yeah. He knows his role and. The better thing about it is he's really cool to play his role. He, he's content to to be the true point guard to set others up. You know, looking for his offense is usually his last resort. He takes what the defense gives him and isn't afraid isn't afraid to pull it from deep. But you know, he he is a classic point guard in every sense of the word, and that's the role he wants to play when he's out there. And if he's out there with Jamal, it allows Jamal to get off the ball, create a little more, run off screens. 
And um, it's a combo that's worked in the past. So uh, I'm all for it. I think they should explore it. Yeah. Why do you think we haven't seen more of it this year? Just because everyone's healthy, the too many players. Yeah. Yep. I mean, when you run with a five-man bench, like right. an all-bench lineup, you, you don't. Well, it's interesting. There's two lineups we haven't seen that were dynamic last year. The Monte Jamal lineup and the Jokic Plumley lineup, mm-hmm. and the same reason we haven't seen the Jokic Plumley lineup is because if you're doing that, that means you have two power forwards on the bench, and how does that stagger things? So, yeah. uh, it, it is kind of interesting. Maybe there's a chance we'll end up seeing both, a little of both, uh, sometime mm-hmm. the rest of the season as guys continue to get banged up. Um, but I am interested. I'm telling you, this is this is the most interesting thing to me. Is I want to see what this team looks like. Do you think, guys, we could see a? Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here. Oh, a Monte. Barton Dozier lineup, and why I bring that specific lineup is that's three very good pick and roll players. Mm. I would love to see what it looks like. I think it'd be good. I don't you know. You have if... length. I mean, Dozier's like a two yard. He's yeah. that tall. I mean, you already have are doing Barton at the three. So I do think you're going to get some lineups with Jokic now that feature at least two of those three guys almost at all times. Mm-hmm. It should be interesting. Uh, we got another question here from Ranchman. Does Denver does not have a highly skilled playmaking point guard or top-tier playmaking small forward. With the drop-off in Jokic ball since 2017, which the national media has missed, is the addition of a starter who is a bona fide playmaker one of the talents talent needs for Denver to rise up to the first tier of contenders? I'm out! I have to put the end because I'm out. <laughs> yeah, our guy ranch, man. Um, I don't know. Do they need a – so right – hold – let me stop you right there. They might have one, just not quite seasoned yet. In Dozier? No. <laughs> wing, a wingman. In Michael Porter oh, Jr. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, one of the things I'm most impressed with MPJ, his handle and his ability to beat guys off the dribble is way better than I thought. We watched him do three-on-three, three and we've watched him do some things where it just looked like his first step was slow and his handle was a little loose. But tonight he had two drives, got to the rim, and powered his way up and, and finished them, and it was... It's kind of eye-opening, and there's been a couple of those where it's like, oh, wow, he makes a little crossover and goes. He might be the playmaking. He's not a LeBron James, but he might be a Kevin Durant type, which is, look, Kevin Durant came in, was a one-on-one scorer. Now he can do pick and roll, he can post, he can do a bunch of different things. I think... Brendan wants no part of this question. I mean, MPJ is your best chance at that. Um, He's their best option if if you're looking for a guy like that as opposed to going out and trading for somebody, I think, as opposed to getting somebody on the free agent market. Wings, wing, this is a wings lead. It's like a guards and wings lead. It's not a center's league, right? It's very rare for your lead playmaker to be a center. And the teams, you really look at the top of the of the NBA, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi. A lot of teams, their best player is in that position. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe there, I do think there is something to it's a little more valuable maybe than most, but at the same time, MPJ might be there. He won't, I don't think he'll be there this year. Although who knows, his growth curve. <laughs> yeah, his growth curve has been impressive already. Well, I think there's going to be somebody who is at this game tonight that's going to be writing that MPJ needs to be the starter at small forward going forward. <sighs> Will Barton has really struggled. I, I, I disagree. I disagree a lot with that take, obviously. But if we just go, I'm going to look up the last 15 games for the Nuggets because Barton has been in a little bit of a funk. He has been. But I think the point 25% three-point shooting over the last 15 games. Yeah, it's been the, bad. the point there is like MPJ as a starter at small forward, and I'm with you, I, I – don't think that's the right move at all. It's way too early for that. I think that'd be the wrong decision. Um, but it, it would change the entire feel and just kind of the dynamic of that unit and maybe just the entire team. It, it would just 
kind of altered things a lot. Yeah. Um, last thing here, I guess, before we get out of here, Michael Malone shot down news that he was going to be a contributor to the Serbian national team. Well, yeah. he shot down a confirmation. I think the question was asked because I do think the Serbian Basketball Federation confirmed this. And yeah, they put it on their website. Yeah, so Malone, <laughs> Malone shot that down. We, the, the two parties have engaged in conversations. Oh, I love it. But, yeah, the, the, they may have jumped the gun on that yeah. a little bit. They got a little excited. But we haven't talked about it. Just let's assume that it is a thing because it does sound like maybe something's there. Yeah. What do you guys make of it? I think it's fascinating. It is fascinating. It, it's fascinating. You never see well, – well, you do sometimes, but you never see like a prominent NBA head coach like not o- only – coach another country that's not team usa but be like a consultant for yeah. another country going against team usa you never see that but um i think it's a really cool situation obviously like his involvement probably hinges on Jokic playing this summer with with serbia it'd be pretty hilarious if he was a consultant being a consultant <laughs> yeah. if Jokic is not on the team here's how we need to use uh bogdan <laughs> <laughs> i i think it's a really cool example of, of some of this kind of Basketball without borders thing in general, right? Just the way the game is growing. Growing the game, yeah. Growing the game. Um, one of my – like, I've gotten a real kick out of covering this team because of my now internet connection with some percentage of the Serbian population. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just been fun for, I think, even us. Yeah, and th- this obviously strengthens, uh, strengthens that, that, that connection that's as well. Just, just kind of a cool thing in general. And obviously if you're kind of looking at this from the – you know, just to sort of help acclimate Jokic, right? Help make Jokic more comfortable in both settings and sort of meld these worlds together as much as you can. You I know? mean, we know why Serbia would be interested in Mike Malone. Because, why? why? Because for some reason they were playing Jokic off the bench last year and like oh. at, the at, at the World Cup and had this terrible offense that pretty much used him like he was – I don't like a Jeremy Grant. Yeah. It's going to be great when Malone subs plum, tries to sub plum. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much of this is like a please help Nicola like actually decide he wants to play for us move. You know oh, what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, I, I, do, I do wonder if they care. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why he's denying it today is like Jokic found out. is like, hey, what the hell? What is this <laughs> about? Yeah. This. You know what's interesting to me? Obviously, you communicate a lot with, with people in Serbia about, about this team. A, a handful of them said, I think this will be great. For Malone, mm. like as in, like they think it's great that he's doing. They're very happy that he's there, but he thinks it'll be a mutually beneficial thing Love that because, yeah, because he just says, you know, Serbians, the style of basketball for Serbians is a lot of ball movement. It's like it, it's you almost have to teach them not to play that way. It, it's more inherent that they want to play. That's why they grow up being played. So. Maybe for Yoke, or for Malone even being over there, be like, oh wow, fostering this type mm-hmm. of ball movement is easy, or even just furthering his his. Uh, like context for Jokic and who he is and what that culture to me, is. This is the biggest thing. Yeah, and it, maybe maybe that you know helps helps him with his insight into who Jokic is and how. This is why tips. I'm going. This is why I'm going. I I too want a, a better insight into Jokic and who he is and and also just to see Serbia it should be great. It's, it turns out I might be going for my uh, anniversary, so. Ayo. Let my, let, have to let my wife know about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about this? Is Mike Malone going to be photographed in a field in his underwear lifting weights with Jokic this summer? I say yes. Why not? Why, yeah, let's, let's go. Do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> Come on, Malone. You got to go all out. Full Serbian. That's it for me, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. That's uh, It was a fun one. And the best part is we don't have to take a break. We're going to be back on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by... Uh, legal beat. <laughs> <laughs>
In fact, maybe we'll, you know what? It's an 8.30 game. Maybe we'll pick up some illegal peats. Ooh. We'll yeah. have it in the, in the uh, winner's lounge. It'll be a great one. We'll see you all there tomorrow. Post-game show. See you then. See you then. Hey guys, before we get out of here, gotta tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, to help decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout. You'll get it shipped straight to your door.